0: Welcome to Positive Talk with Kevin McDonald. Hey, that's me. Hi, and welcome to Positive Talk. Our show features the best positive stories and people from around the globe as we endeavor to answer the universal question of, why am I here and what is my purpose? Understanding that can change everything. And knowing your greatness is fundamental to living your best life. So join us right now as together we work to create the adventure of our lifetime. Speaking of the adventure of your lifetime, we have a guest today who is uh, living that adventure of a lifetime, and it started way back when he was like 10, and uh, and it's pretty amazing the story that he has and, and how it's unfolded for him over time and what he does today. He's what we would call a serial entrepreneur, which means that... Uh, he doesn't like working for people much. He would rather work for himself and to help other people find that path as well. And uh, uh, Tim Calise uh, is with us. And Tim, welcome to the show.
1: How are you, young man? I am doing very well, Kevin. Thank you for having me.
0: I gotta tell ya, you you are unique to say the least. I don't know very many 10 year olds that go to school with a briefcase. Um, I thought that was really uh, interesting.
1: Yeah, I, I clearly knew how to get ahead socially from a very early age. You know, just because it's uh, you know it really puts you in those those po- you know those popular circles. Uh, being a ten year old with a briefcase, but it was I think a, a little foreshadowing. I didn't quite know the difference. I emulated what was around me, uh, and I guess you know to some extent you have to play the cards you're dealt, uh, and those were the ones that I felt uh, I guess I I was to play at that time
0: i would really have loved to be a fly on the wall and listen to your sisters talk to you about do you have to carry the brief briefcase at school we don't want yeah. to be around you when you do that um it's yeah. like it's like that that uh television show young sheldon have you seen that mm-hmm.
1: i have i have exactly right you know i i'm, I'm wondering if they would say that you know before or after i had to walk the you know tenth of a mile before you know ahead or behind them so they they didn't have to walk next to me <laughs> now were they your older sisters i had one older and one younger Ah, yeah yeah so i was right in the middle there (laughs) and the middle child is a unique
0: place to be for a lot of cases because the older child tends to be the um the one that's got the most uh uh, awareness and grows up faster the youngest one is the baby i was the baby so i was kind of like by the time they got around to me it was kind of like uh, He'll figure it out. Um, And then the middle child, that's a unique place to be. Did you find that in your case?
1: Uh, I did. I was uh, obviously the only boy uh, as well with with two sisters. So I think that gave me a unique perspective. Uh, And so, you know, I, I think I always had the idea of again emulating kind of what I saw around me my my dad was uh, was someone who put on a suit in the morning uh took the train to work uh, and so i think it was one of those uh you know uh, nature versus nurture uh i think I certainly took the uh the, the nurture component. Uh, and, uh, and as you know, many sons looked up to their, their fathers as, uh, for, for adgu- advice and guidance, even in, uh, in the nonverbal way, uh, I think I, I kind of saw what was around me and, and wanted to try to play that part, uh, you know, from, from, uh, that age of 10.
0: Now, my dad was an executive with Nordstrom. And so he also got up and put the suit on and and went away. And he worked six days a week. And he was in retail and all of that. Now he never had the idea of being an
1: entrepreneur. What did your dad do? And was he an entrepreneur? He he was not. And so the, very interestingly, I think for as I look kind of in retrospect, uh, he was he worked at a large bank. And so you know did the uh, did the kind of career idea of, you know, out of school, he went to business school uh, and then spent uh, 25 years with his employer, uh, you know, working his way up the ranks and, you know, as he was in the banking business uh, as I saw it at that time. The, once you get to a certain point, you know, the politics comes in and, you know, I, I viewed it as this kind of gladiator analogy, you know, he who can ascend the furthest can withstand the most pressure or the most pain and as i as i remember and this is crazy kind of now i'm in my early 40s you know looking back 30 years i just remember i was wired differently so i liked the idea of investing i liked the idea of money and you know kind of being in that world but i had this very distinct block at that time which was i had much more of a sensitive kind of softer side to me and this idea of entering the arena really was a turnoff but I did have this very strong calling to solving problems that I saw around me, and so I mixed these kind of two worlds, if you will, the finance and uh, you know and banking and money side with you know if I could make a lot of money doing things that I like doing and solving problems for other people, that sounds a lot more interesting to me. So I I took the the finance path, but took it in a, a more kind of entrepreneurial fashion uh, than than the banking route.
0: Well, it's amazing to me, because at 21, you started two companies, one went out of your apartment. One was a, a textbook exchange, which I've never heard of. Which I wish they somebody would have thought of that when I was going to school, because textbooks are expensive, and I'm if sorry. you can if you can exchange them and and stuff, that would be that would be better. And also, before uh, Uber and before Amazon, you were running a late night snack delivery company. How did you come up with that
1: idea? Uh, It helps when you are your own core customer. So myself (laughs) and a couple of my buddies and roommates, we were in college in Washington, DC. And as college kids do, uh, you know, the nights kind of only get started after, say, you know, 9, 10, 11 o'clock at night, especially on the weekends. Uh, and I was fortunate enough to go to school in Washington, D.C. And so, anyone uh, who's familiar with kind of the D.C. downtown area, a lot of people, a lot of the professionals come in from Northern Virginia or Southern Maryland. Uh, you come into downtown, you go to work, you have dinner, and then everybody goes home. So, D- downtown Washington D.C., kind of around where the the monuments are and the White House and things like that, is effectively a ghost town after say ten or o'clock at night. But as a college student, we wanted stuff. We wanted you know cookies and ice cream and you know stuff to kind of make the you know make the night go go round. Uh, and so as a, a, a you know necessity is the mother of invention. And so you know I might be skewing the the days slightly, but say it was like a Tuesday night, we said you know hey somebody should kind of do what we want well what if we're those people we'll just go and you know get this service up and running and provide services to other people you know at the college so that was tuesday wednesday we coded a website thursday we went to bjs and bought a bunch of stuff and we were live thursday night uh, and we opened thursday night friday night saturday night for like 3 or 4 hours in the beginning and it's it was it was the right thing at the right time with one critical missing part, uh, which was how do we market? How do we get our name out there? Uh, and so some fortuitous timing allowed us to uh, to kind of hit the accelerator button. Uh, this was our our sophomore year in college, but it was my first kind of official business that we had started uh, on our own at that time.
0: Now, now, did you also you know like um, um, send them like beer? and stuff and you probably could great
1: question great question so we stayed away from the kind of the the things that would get us into some real trouble uh but uh our our whole value proposition again i came from uh, you know the finance side i literally have a a a thing on my desk here that says like i love spreadsheets you know i'm i'm the analytical thinker those guys yeah 100 percent But to make a business go you need sales you need attraction you need marketing you need lead generation you need all these other things that were so outside of kind of my thought process i was still naive in the if you build it they will come if you build a great business with a great idea everything else is is kind of taken care of and the world doesn't work that way and so we created this idea and we knew that there was a, a market for it but we didn't know how to get people you know, kind of going, you know, on on board. Uh, and so we needed a unique selling proposition. So what we did was we delivered on bikes. So our average delivery time was seven minutes from the time that you ordered to the time we were waiting outside your apartment. Oh man. Which funny enough is just enough time for you to call us or submit a request when you're leaving a bar or a club or something. That we would be standing outside your door when you got out of this is pre Uber, you know, out of the cab, out of the, out of the taxi. So that worked perfectly from a timing perspective. And I said there were some serendipitous things that happened. Uh, I got a crash course on marketing because at the time, we, uh, my two, two of our, our founders uh, and I were taking human sexuality. In college, it was like underwater basket weaving. We had to take get a couple of credits. We took the thing that sounded, you know, like we could probably float through well enough, you know. Uh, and the professor at the end of one one day was saying, you know, I work for the Department of, of Health Services, effectively uh, in and around the DC area. And we said, you know, out of curiosity, what is the main initiative that you are undertaking right now? And he said, it's all around kind of safe sex practices. And my buddy's ears perked up, and he said, "We got to go talk to the professor." And I'm the pitch guy. I, I'm, I f- have very few skills, but one of them is kind of getting the storytelling right. And he was much more, you know, he was much uh, too gruff for, for for this uh, pitch. So I said, "Hey, you know, professor, I happen to notice, uh, and you know, that you mentioned the initiatives you have going. You know, I'd love to learn a little bit more. Um, and would it be helpful for you?" to get access to your core customer at the exact time that you would want to get in front of them to deliver your message. And he said, oh, my gosh, that would be amazing. I said, well, I have 18 to 22-year-old college students at the hours of 10 PM to 2 AM, and I want to figure out a way to work together. I said, what can we do together? And he said, I have 10,000 free condoms I can give you. (laughs) I was going to ask. That was coming up. So. Our next thought was, okay, well, we can just put them in the bag or we can sell them or we can do something. So we included a free condom with every order from that day forward. And we became the guys after doing sampling and all of this other stuff. Some giveaways, it became our calling card at that time. And our sales went through the roof because everyone talked about it and so it it taught me as an analytical guy that you know sometimes the thing you need to actually make a business go is just something it's like a pattern